Our lives aren't like they used to be. They're busier. Early morning Zooms, grabbing coffee to make that in-office meeting, getting to your kid's soccer game on time. Life is different, and so is advertising. To reach any audience, you need your message out there in all media, broadcast to streaming, on screens, and right to the ears of your customers. And that's what we do at Odyssey. Let's build a media campaign that targets the customers you know and want to reach more of. Right here in our community. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The workday is coming to an end. It is 5 o'clock. I will see you all tomorrow. But Quinn and Chris are just getting started. Sports talk it is. Your hosts, Tony Quinn Jr. Those feathers would have been splashed out all over the place, man. They would have canceled that series. And Chris Ello. All right, short short segment here. Short segment. (laughs) It's time to get you up to speed on all things sports. Yes! With plenty of nonsense in between. Oh, look! Here comes our fearless producer! Gwen and Chris starts right now on 97.3 The Fan. What's up, San Diego? Welcome in. Gwen and Chris, San Diego's number one sports talk station. 97.3 The Fan. Scraby, just take the show, will you, please? <laughs> I mean, there's like 16 <laughs> seconds left. I mean, in this I'm Aztecs trying, game. I'm trying to say hello and welcome everybody into the show. But well, watching a rebound go my down. My attention is diverted. The Aztecs holding on to a one-point lead here over Colorado State. Isaiah Stevens of Colorado State just drove down the lane with a very difficult contested layup. It fell off the rim. The Aztecs rebound with 16 seconds to go, as you said, Scraby. So... San Diego State will be going to the free throw line, the old one and one with a one point lead and trying to hang on in this Mountain West Conference tournament. I'm not that surprised that this game is as close as it is. You look around the country, top seed in the Pac 12 is UCLA. They're taking on eight seed Colorado today. Two minutes to go, the Bruins lead by only four. Mm. You look at the Big East Conference, Marquette, the top seed against St. John's. They went to overtime, and they won by two. You look at the top seed in the ACC, Miami. They played your guys, Wake Forest. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Miami won by two. Come on, Wake Forest. I'm just saying, in every single case, the team that had played yesterday gave the top seed a really, really hard time of it in the conference tournament, and no difference for the Aztecs. Matt Bradley just calmly hit two free throws. I gotta say, I gotta say, Chris, so, remember last year? A little clutch, yeah. Last year against he was, Creighton, he the, didn't hit his free throws down the stretch. And that's, that's right. That's good that he yeah, uh, he knocked these ones in, and uh, the Aztecs go up by three. There's a timeout on the floor. Colorado State will have a chance to tie it up on the final possession with a three ball. We'll uh, tell you what happens, but. Like I said, these conference tournaments, you have to understand a couple of different things. The motivation of the teams. The Aztecs do have something to play for this weekend. They'd like to keep alive their chances of getting a little bit higher seed in the NCAA tournament. But they already know they're in the tournament. Colorado State, they're taking their last shot. This is it. They have no postseason if they don't win this game. And, uh, you know, Colorado State took the Aztecs to overtime earlier this year. So I'm not shocked with uh, Isaiah Stevens and uh, Tanjay. They've got a couple of really good guards, and they both played well. The Aztecs have not played great in this game. 
And so it's not surprising. And like I said, UCLA's in a battle. Miami of Florida was in a battle. Marquette was in an overtime battle. Baylor lost today. Uh, Iowa lost today. You look around, there's upsets all over the place in these conference tournaments. And a lot of teams, they have to win, and they're playing teams that don't have to win. And that's that's why it ends up being a whole lot closer than you think it's going to be. Uh, we'll see if the Aztecs can hang on here and get the win. In the meantime, Scott Miller will join us, March Madness expert. Uh, Scott Miller, yes, he yeah, is. Yeah, he's a March Madness expert. He's a the, bracketologist? The mad, no, he's not a bracketologist, but he's a March Madness expert. The madness that is spring training. Oh, okay. Scott so Miller different type is, of March is, madness. The, uh, is the man there. He wrote a great story. Uh, the other day about, uh, and I read it uh, while I was on the road in the New York Times about Mike Maddox, who is now the pitching coach of the Texas Rangers for Bruce Bochy. Okay. And Mike Maddox brought in somebody to help the young Texas Rangers pitchers this spring training. Guess who he brought in? His brother, Greg Maddox. Oh, well, there you go. Not a bad guy to bring in. Not at all. During spring training. So Boch is surrounding himself with uh, the professor, Greg Maddox, uh, there in Texas. So uh, Scott Miller wrote a really nice story about uh, the Maddox brothers and Greg Maddox, and uh, we'll talk to him about that. The Padres, of course, are in action today. Last I checked, they were on top of the uh, Cleveland Guardians, and they still are on top. Six to two now, Padres. Zokar, three for four with a two-run homer in this game. Good for so, him. So uh, Jose Zokar stamping his uh, his bid to be on this ball club and uh, doing it uh, impressively today. Michael Waka started three innings, allowed two unearned runs. They were the result of his own error. Uh, Josh Hader, uh, Robert Suarez have uh, pitched scoreless innings since then. So uh, Padres in the 6-2 lead. The big concern, though. I know, unfortunately. It continues to be Fernando Tatis Jr., 0-3 today. Now officially 0-16 on the spring. So Padres might need to find themselves a new right fielder. We'll uh, <laughs> see what Scott Miller thinks about that on the program. He also wrote about Ty France and how he learned from Tony Gwynn Sr. when he went to college at San Diego State. He put that out yesterday. So if you're looking for that, go find Scott Miller's article on Ty France. Isaiah Stevens just drove the length of the floor for a layup, put it in with 10 seconds to go. So they did not go for the three. They went for the quick two. They got it. 62-61 Aztecs, 10 seconds to go, and they just fouled Mensa. And so Nathan Mensa is going to go to the free throw line. Now, he's been a little bit better free thrower this year than he has in the <laughs> past. I was going to say, what's his average? <laughs> he's not a great free throw shooter uh, generally, but look, at 70%, pretty good for a big man. But it's a one-and-one. One. He's got to make the first one just to get a second. Otherwise, Isaiah Stevens is going to come down and take the last shot for Colorado State. You don't want that. You don't want that. This is a guy that made one over his head yeah, I do in this very that. arena earlier this year to beat UNLV. Threw it up from half court over his head. Menson puts in the free throw, Good though. Job. My goodness. Man, the free throw shooting is... If they could do this in the tournament, they could win some games. It would help them immensely, for sure. Uh, 63-61 Aztecs. Um, hanging on 10 seconds to go in the game in uh, Las Vegas. And uh, Mensa mm. missed the second free throw. So here comes <laughs> Isaiah Stevens. Look Chris, out for him. Chris does not want this right now. Wow. He just in and out, rimmed out, rebound. Aztecs got it. Mensa gets fouled. Wow. Under a second to play. Yeah, that was intense. That was very close. Isaiah Stevens drove down there about... What'd you say, Scraby? About a 15 footer left side of the lane. It was contested and it went in and out. But he was close enough that I thought it was going to drop. 
I thought he was going to make it. He usually does, but he didn't, and so it looks it like It was like the, the elbow. The, uh, right at the elbow, Butler had good coverage on him, ball rimmed out, Mensa walled up, got the rebound, and you've got... Uh, they're going to have to put a little time back on the clock, but the Aztecs will go down to the other end. It looks like they are going to survive by the skin of their proverbial chinny chin chin. Are you are you um, okay now, Chris? Well, it's difficult. It's not easy to watch a game like this that I care so much about and try to host a radio show at the very same time. But the, the best part about this is that even if they lose in the tournament, it's not a big deal. No, it's not the end of the it's not the end of the world. In fact, uh, Ziegler wrote a really good story about that today in the uh, paper that. Maybe the Aztecs would be a lot better served to finally lose one of these games. They 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 put a stat in there that the the if a team from the Mountain West Conference has made it to the championship game of the conference tournament, the last fifteen teams that have made it that far have all lost their first NCAA tournament game the following week. And Ziegler's point is that if the Aztecs could maybe just play one game in this tournament, maybe two and not have to play three in three days and get completely tuckered out, that it might actually serve them better in the NCAA tournament. So, uh, That's an interesting point, but it's like how you can't you go You can't into, go out there and say we're going to no, try to lose the game. No, we're good with a loss. Like That's not going to happen. Yeah, you're not. So uh, anyway, Mensa just went down. They put seven-tenths of a second back on the clock. Mensa missed the first free throw. So Colorado State is going to have a desperation heave for a three-pointer. Isaiah Stevens get made one more chance as Mensa makes the second free throw, and I mean barely. <laughs> that thing was ringing around. Ringing all the way around. 64-61. They're going to throw it in. Stevens from the backcourt. Off the rim. (laughs) That was far too close. Far too close. Stevens threw it off the rim from the backcourt, and the Aztecs barely survived. If if you're away from uh, Twitter or something like that, look up this play later because it was close. That was a lot closer than it had a right to be. That's for sure. Absolutely. But I told you, this guy Isaiah Stevens, he's magic on these last-second shots, and he didn't miss that by a whole lot. All right, so the Aztecs have won. <laughs> now, now Chris can breathe. We can calm down. For we today. can breathe. We can focus on the show. 64-61 San Diego State. There you go. Let the good times roll, Scraby. <laughs> you, you're still going with that. That's huh? my new, you know, that's going to be my new saying for Padres baseball all year long. Let the good times Let roll. Let the good times roll. Just keep them rolling. Every time they win a game, every time something good happens, I think I'm going to have you play that tune. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Play oh. a little good times roll from the cars. We're just going to kind of keep it rolling all year long for March, hopefully right on up through, uh, through October. And if we have to, go into the first week of November. Let's do it. Just let the good times roll. It's been a great, great off season again, coming off a great year. And why not have it be another fantastic year in 2023 for the San Diego Padres? All right. Uh, Tony is still calling the game. So if you're wondering where Tony is, he's uh, in, uh, what are they calling this? Good, uh, Little Ohio. Little Ohio, the home of the Guardians and the Reds. Uh, there in, uh, I think it's Goodyear. Goodyear is yes. the official uh, spot there. And the only reason the I know that is because of the tires. So because of the tires, yeah. Goodyear, Arizona. Yeah, that's I don't the only believe the tires were no. invented there. Do you know where so. the Goodyear tires were invented? 
I do, do you not. know the rubber capital of the world <laughs> is in Ohio? What a title! What a title! It's in Ohio. Is it Youngstown? It's Akron. Oh, really? Akron, Ohio is the rubber capital of like the world. Well, then why is the and University of Akron the Zips? They should be the tires. Well, they do play their games, or they did play their games back in the day in a stadium called the Rubber Bowl. That's amazing. But I doubt that it's still the name of their stadium because now everybody's got a corporate name on their I stadium. I mean, let's go Goodyear, Firestone, please, someone wonder, in the tire business. I wonder business. if they named Goodyear, Arizona... After the team, the well, now I gotta in, look it up. I don't know, look it up. But yeah, Goodyear, I'm pretty pretty sure was uh, was originally uh, an Akron, Ohio company. Uh, Padre manager Bob Melvin spoke with the media today. As always, we'll get the latest uh, on Joe Musgrove from uh, the manager of the uh, Friars, Bob Melvin, here in just a couple of seconds. And uh, Bob also addressing the fact that Fernando Tatis Jr. is uh, still hitless. Uh, in the spring, uh, something that he remained today by going 0 for 3. At some point in the show today, you're going to have a chance to win a pair of tickets to a Padres spring training game. That'll be at the Peoria Sports Complex. You'll also be qualified for the grand prize, which is two tickets to a Padres spring game, a $500 Southwest gift card to get you there, and a $500 Visa gift card to find a place to stay. Go to PeoriaSportsComplex.com for tickets and information. So stick around for that. We'll have Chris versus the fans coming up in the 4 o'clock hour where you'll have a chance to qualify for a trip to Las Vegas. We got to the back page here yes. in the opening hour of the show today. Uh, as I said, Scott Miller will be on around 3.30. Hopefully Tony will have joined us by then. And uh, our Daily Gambit checks in, the Big Five. So we got a good show. Yes, we do. And I have great information about Goodyear, Arizona. What do you have? It actually is very interesting. All right. Goodyear was established in 1917 with a purchase of 16,000 acres by Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company to cultivate cotton for vehicle tire cords. There you go. In World War II, Goodyear was very important, and the current Goodyear Airport was built because they shipped a bunch of stuff out of there. But uh, Goodyear, very important to our society. So Goodyear, Arizona is named after the it Goodyear uh, Tire Rubber, rubber and Company, tire company. Yeah. yeah, which is from Akron. Do we do we get that? Uh, well, let me sub- click on that. Did you get that substantiated? It is from Akron. It is Akron, Ohio. You're so correct. I was correct about the uh, Akron being the rubber capital of the world, also the hometown of one King James. <laughs> that, that that is quite the claim. The That's rubber capital of the world. Or the home of LeBron James, whichever you'd I'm like gonna to I'm going to go be. with LeBron James. You're going to go with LeBron James? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. I'm going to go relax, throw some water on my face and after sweating out that Aztec basketball game. But uh, we're going to come back at the show going in earnest. As mentioned, we'll hear from Bob Melvin. What about Fernando Tatis and his offer in spring training? What about uh, pitcher Joe Musgrove and uh, his availability and when it could be that he'll come back? Bob Melvin will tell us about both those things when we return. Gwen and Chris underway. Tony will be rejoining us soon. Scraby and I are together at the Odyssey Palace. The Aztecs have held on for a 64-61 win over Colorado State. And the uh, Gwen and Chris program is underway on 97.3 The Fan. I'm happy to report to everyone that Chris is now normal and calm. We had a nice talk in the break. It wasn't Wait a stressful. Wait a minute. Huh? Um, what are you 
doing? Are, are you meditating? Yes, I'm meditating. <laughs> You're meditating. <laughs> Clearing my head. Matt Scravey here on Gwyn and Chris. Chrisello there. Tony Good Jr. in Goodyear, Arizona, calling the game between the Padres and the Guardians. End of the eighth. Padres are leading six to two. Well, Chris and I, were, what we were talking about in studio is just how glorious sports is right now. We got the players right now. Chad Ramey leading eight under. Colin Morikawa coming second. The players, what sport is that, Scrappy? That's golf. The oh, players is you. the fifth major of the PGA <laughs> the Tour fifth season. Major. There's no such thing. There is a thing. You and I get in an argument about this every year at and the players. I always go back to what our guy, Charlie Hoffman, said. It is their fifth major. It is their... Big tournament. Yes, but nobody else cares about it. The golfers care about it as a fifth major. The rest of us just think of it's another tournament. I'm going to try to pronounce this name, Chris. I don't know how to. Do, I've never heard of this guy. Christian Bazudenhout. That's a pretty good one. Christian Bazudenhout is tied for fourth with Scotty Scheffler. So we will. Scotty uh, Scheffler right there, as yeah. always, man. This guy, even though he lost last week at the Arnold Palmer. Uh, he was right there to the wire, and uh, John Rahm's at minus one. If you're wondering where the he is, yes, other big name is Rory McIlroy, who had a pretty good week last week as well. He is plus four today. Wow, yeah, tough not day good. for uh, Rory. You know what? Also, was a tough day, Chris, or tough night last night was our Team USA World Baseball Classic team. What before, happened to them? I don't know. But before you left last night, we were watching the beginning of the game, and we were all like, "Man, poor Di Sclafani. He has to go up against this lineup of Mike Trout and Arenado and Mookie Betts and all of these guys." Well, the uh, Giants beat Team USA last night, and Team USA only had four hits. I know it's an exhibition game, but that's embarrassing. You should not lose to the Giants if your team USA. Anthony DiSclafani is a professional major league pitcher. I mean, this guy, if he's on, he can he can shut anybody down. I mean, that's such is the nature of baseball. I hate to tell you, Dave, I mean, that's that's Gabe the nature Kepler of baseball. Was talking about how great it is that this lineup is the best lineup he's ever seen. It's better than an all star lineup. Well, I I don't have it in front of me, and I don't really feel like looking it up. But I'm sure the 27 Yankees got shut out a couple of times. All right, I'm gonna go look up 27. You're gonna look Yankees. them up and just yeah. see if they got see shut them. out that entire but season in 1927, the greatest hitting the, team of the all only, time. The only reason I'm so upset about this is because I'm being sold lies by Team USA. You're not being sold lies today they're playing the angels norlin arenado's hit a grand slam and they have, are leading five to nothing so right. they're bouncing back today but you're okay. right last night they didn't do much the world baseball classic though is underway and it was a good night for uh current and former padres the uh team that we're uh, loving to uh, follow here the k of n the kingdom of netherlands yes the k of n uh posted a 3-1 victory last night to go to 2-0 in pool play and the K of N was led by none other than Xander Bogarts, who had a home run, and also former Padre Jerks and Profar. Profar hit a home run. Now, now Profar's got to be playing hard right now. He's got to be playing for a job. Still nobody's given this guy a job in Major League Baseball. He's just a free agent. He's floating around out there. RJ and Anderson, or RJ and Anderson, RJ Anderson and I talked about Jerks and Profar earlier this week and why. And he, he, he's the same way. Like, why doesn't this guy have a job? Is he asking too much? Is he waiting for a team? Is he waiting for a certain part of the year? I haven't even heard his, I haven't even heard his name come up like with a team being interested in him. Yeah, so, it's weird. It's very strange. I mean, honestly, I, I know it's probably not going to happen because he probably does want too much money. But on the Padres, I'm I'm reaching out. I'm like, I'm hey, sure they guess, have. guess what? We're a safe haven for you. 
we can only afford to pay you X. I know you want double X. But if you'd like to play baseball this year, we would still love to have you. He probably wants to play. He wouldn't be able to play as much. He if would he came play back here. To the he team. would still play Where? here. Well, uh, <laughs> on a daily basis. I mean, Juan Soto took his position. Yeah, no, you're right. Now he'd get to play the first 20 games. He Bob would. Tatis is out. <laughs> um, Bob Melvin. Speaking of Fernando Tatis Jr. Yes. Uh, he's now in this clip. It was zero for thirteen. So this was done this morning. So coming into the day, Fernando is zero for thirteen with two walks to begin Cactus League's the the Cactus League se- season. If I can yes. speak, he's now zero for 0 three for, today. Zero for three today, but he did have a walk today. Okay, so he's now zero for sixteen with three walks. Perfect. He's got the on base percentage up to one fifty eight. Oh man, but the batting <laughs> average is still goose eggs. But you know what I have to remember before we play this clip? This guy hasn't played, and I'm talking about Fernando. He hasn't played baseball in over 500 days. It's it's he's going to be. Yes, okay. he has. He's been playing for the last week and a half. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> but Bob Melvin was asked this morning by the media if he was worried or to get his thoughts on Fernando, and here's what he said: It means his progression starting to increase some. So I mean, I know it's a, a DH today, but. Um, it just means we're look, moving a little farther along with him, which is a good thing. What are you seeing? There was like this patience, and then there right. was a little bit of jumpiness, and he's popping the ball up a lot. Like, what, what are you seeing? I, that's what happens. You know, you, you go in with a mindset you haven't played in quite some time, and I was really impressed by the fact that he was taking a lot of pitches, and when you don't see results, you get a little more aggressive. That's just natural. So he hasn't played in a while. He's going to hit. Um, you know, he gets. I'm sure he's a little frustrated right now, but he's and he's doing a lot of work too. But the last thing I'm worried about is Fernando Tatis hitting or not. You guys are going to fit like uh, 18 months into like 10 weeks of work. Like, is do you feel like he has enough time to, that on April 20th he'll be that guy? I do. Well, I look. Look, he's had three surgeries here. I mean, to, to say that he's right away, when the season starts, he's going to be that 1,100 OPS guy or whatever, I think that's probably expecting a little too much. But I'm going to temper that with the fact that he is one-of-a-kind player. So I, I just wouldn't – I don't know how you could expect anybody being out as long as he has and having those type of surgeries to just hit the ground running like he's never – you know, like he never stopped playing. Well, I'm still scared to death. <laughs> I did not expect for you to say he's that. He's over 16. No. It's fine. I know. Look, he can. He, anybody can go for 16 during the course of the regular season. It happens quite often, as a You're matter right. of fact, to major league players. But um, I'm sure Fernando would like to get a couple of hits out of the way and uh, and just feel good about things. But uh, you know, look, he's going to have a little extra time once the season starts to get into the groove and uh, play probably some minor league games and uh, hopefully hit the ground running. Now, you know that the one thing that worries you about his 0 for 16 is that when he hits the ground in April 20th, they're going to basically everyone's going to say the same thing: he hasn't played in a year and a half. Because when none does of that the, excuse run out? Well, no, but is it going to be difficult for him to pick up right where he left off once regular season play? takes it takes shape because you know nobody's going to be giving him any doing him any favors out there i mean he's going to be going up against you know big time live major league pitching and games that count and you know you don't want him to go for 16 starting april 20th you want him to go 
15 for 16. I think it's important to listen to Bob Melvin as well when he says at the end there, he's been he's had three surgeries recently. Like, we got to be patient with him. And oh, Bob, yeah. Bob Melvin is doing a great job of protecting him, and he should because he's his manager. But I'm going to be a little bit more patient. Well, I'll be patient, and uh, we're, we always preach patience yes, we on do. this show. Yes, we do. Um, but it's something that I'm now checking every day. You know what I'm saying? I like, am too, yeah. At the beginning of spring training, I didn't even know what Fernando was really doing. You would have thought maybe he had a hit or something. Yeah, I figured he was doing all right. And then I looked up yesterday and I saw a zero, zero, zero under his average. And I'm like, wait a second, what's going on here? So I immediately checked today. Yeah. You know, what did he do today? And well, now that he's 0 for 3 today, I'm going to immediately check tomorrow. <laughs> it just <You> compounds. <laughs> it just, yeah. I mean, I, I eventually want to see him get a base hit, but uh, I, I'm very pleased with the Zocar right now. I mean, and, and it's spring training. You're, you're, you're facing, I mean, listen to the guys you're facing. Plinkington was pitching today for oh, Cleveland. Oh, Lord Plinkington. And Gaddis and Mikolochak. I mean, I don't know that these are major league pitchers or guys that are up from triple. You don't know exactly who you're facing in triple, you know, in, in yeah. spring training. But nice to see Zocar hitting three thirty three. Pops his first home run. He's got nine RBIs. He's leading the Padres in RBIs here in spring training. So, uh, you know, the thing with Zocar is you look at him as a defensive replacement, as a as a speedster to run the bases. Hey, he's saying, look, you know, put me in a lineup. I can do some things. And, uh, you know, this is a good sign. David Dahl had two more hits yeah. today. He continues to They're play pretty well. They're battling right now, Dahl and Zokar. They really are. I mean, they, they are. And I'll tell you, the guy that's going to get left out is Adam Engel. Because Engel's got a big league contract, but he has his, what's your number one ability? Your availability. Yeah, He's yeah. not available. We talked about this a couple days ago with Tony, and he, he was just basically saying he's pointing to the major league contract, as yeah, you know. Like, that's why you think he's going to make the roster. Yeah, but he's he gonna may have fine. to open up on the injured list. That's not good. And that might open it up for Dahl and Azokar to both make it. Well, Joe Musgrove, we're still trying to figure out if he's going to be on the injured list on opening day. He did throw today. I was watching a video of him on 97.3's Twitter, at 97.3 the fan SD, and he was throwing Who landing on his left. Who shoots that video? Is it our friend? It's our guy. The great Sam Lovett. Yes, of course. Is there right. anything he doesn't do? No, he, he does it He shoots video. He does cinematography. He does TikTok, he edits. Instagram. He does uh, radio hits all day long. This guy's amazing. This guy is just he uh, is he's one of a kind. But Bob Melvin talked about Joe Musgrove's activity and the potential return. Yeah, he's got a shoe on now, so he's playing catch with a shoe. So that's big news around here. Is there... He's still not pressure on that. I don't know why you would want to. I think it's just about keeping his arm going. Has anything changed for you there? You still thinking a couple starts that he would miss? Or? You know what? Originally, I would have told you I thought it was going to be a month. And then, you know, with where he is right now, I, it's still kind of all over. I, I don't want to get everybody, in, you know, too fired up about the fact that, you know, he may miss one start or two starts. I don't know. And until we get him on a mound, I think then we'll have a better idea. When he is, like, pushing you with, like, ideas, like he could piggyback and stuff like that, you expected that, right? Like, what's your reaction? He hasn't to- done it to me yet. I think he might have done that with maybe the pitching guys, but... Um, it, it's fully expected that Joe Musgrove is going to try to want to get back there as soon as he can. What was he doing before he was throwing off flat ground the last couple of days? Was he able to do some kind of throwing? Like, well, it's not even fat, flat ground; it's just plain catch. So, and but before, yeah, he was you know in his boot, he was throwing the weighted balls up against the wall upwards of a hundred times in a day. 
So he's trying to keep his arm in shape the best he can to once he hits the mound. Um, you know, he's farther along than you would expect. Hopefully. Chris, did you hear? Or sorry, I cut you off, Mr. Bob Melvin. Did you hear about uh, Joe Musgrove driving 40 minutes every day to lay down in a hyperbaric chamber for two hours? To try and get his toe better before the season? That's committed. It is, and he changed his diet, too. A low-salt diet. Like, I can't remember exactly what it is, but he's changed everything about his current being to try to get back on the field. Doing everything he can. That's what I would expect from Joe Musgrove. Me, too. Would Me expect too. nothing less from uh, No-No Joe. Yeah. Or Toto Joe. <laughs> or No-To Joe. No-To Joe. No, that's Dion. That's yeah, that's Dion. Dion. <laughs> when we get back, the back page is going to uh, have some news on Kevin Durant, if you haven't seen that, it's kind of a crazy story. And then Chris brought this story to me, and he really wants to talk about it. And it's about an 82-year-old man, and he an did 82-year-old. He's not an 82-year-old man. He's an 82-year-old criminal. Oh, okay. We're going to tell man. you what he did when we get back on 97.3 The Fan. Got to tell you, Scraby, that was such a nerve-wracking Aztec game that I'm, I'm actually not 100% calm and relaxed yet. Oh, you seem like you are. Even though it's been over for about a half an hour. It was a nerve-wracking game. It, it was very close to that that long shot going in Oh my in God, Isaiah Stevens, three-quarter court shot to tie it up, bounces off the rim, <laughs> and the Aztecs hold off Colorado State 64-61 in the first round. Mountain West Conference Tournament. Welcome back to uh, Gwen and Chris. 2.40 is the time. Chris Sello. Matt Scraby together in our Odyssey Palace studios. Tony Gwynn Jr. calling the uh, Padre ball game this afternoon in Goodyear, Arizona. He should be joining us, I would think, in the next hour or so. We'll uh, see Tony Gwynn Jr. But back to the Aztec game real quick, Scraby. Uh, Lamont Butler uh, scored 16 points in this ball game, and uh, Matt Bradley had 13. But it was the free-throwing and the rebounding that got it done for the Aztecs. They had 17 free-throws. They out-rebounded Colorado State by 10 to win kind of an ugly game. Both teams shot 38%. I don't know if you recall the beginning of the game, but Colorado State ran right out to an 8 nothing lead. I do recall that. And uh, the Aztecs had to uh, battle from behind a little bit, got a two-point lead at halftime, and it was very nip-and-tuck the rest of the way. I think it the, was. The, the largest lead the Aztecs had was 5 the entire ball game, and uh, they had to hit some free throws down the stretch. Stevens missed a, a jumper in the lane that could have tied it with 10 seconds to go and then had that opportunity on the uh, the three-quarter court heave to tie it once again, but that did not go in, and the Aztecs will play either Nevada or San Jose State in the semifinals tomorrow, that Nevada-San Jose State game is just getting underway. Who would you like to play against? Don't care. Because San Jose State has the conference player of the year, right? Amari Moore, yeah. He's the uh, player of the year. Uh, Nevada beat the Aztecs earlier this year. And I and I will say this. I always take great satisfaction out of beating Steve Alford. So <laughs> if, they, if they have to play Nevada and they can knock off Steve Alford, I'd be pleased. Uh, I think a lot of people are picking San Jose State in this game because they have the player of the year. They also have the coach of the year. That's true. Tim Miles, who beat out uh, Dutcher for the coach of the year award. So San Jose State having a nice season. Uh, I don't really know. It's a 4-5 matchup. I think it's a coin flip of a game. It doesn't matter a whole lot to the Aztecs at this point. I mean, if they win this conference tournament, will they move up a seed line? Maybe. If they don't win this conference tournament, will they drop a seed line? Maybe, but I think they're pretty much locked into the dreaded number six position. 
the dreaded number yeah. six position. The dreaded number six. But uh, we'll talk some more college basketball with our uh, March Madness expert, Scott Miller, going to join <laughs> us in the 3 o'clock hour. Actually, he's our March Madness baseball expert. You know that. Scott Miller from the New York Times. But right now, Scrib, you've got uh, some fun stuff to I get do. us caught up with. Yeah. In today's back page. <laughs> It's time now to go past the headlines, past the Dear Abbeys. Are you willing to make a sacrifice? All the way into a world where most never roam. We're dealing with sick people here. Gwen and Chris take you through all the stories that are too weird for the front page. The back page starts now on 97.3 The Fan. The back page is all the stories. It's, it, I just noticed this. Why does the back page have a Frank Sinatra type theme song? You know, I gotta say this is this is my least favorite segment open. Really, I don't. I don't yeah. dislike it. I think it's kind of like stands it. apart from the others because it doesn't have that hard hitting uh, heavy electric, metal, heavy meat, heavy bass, heavy meat, heavy meat, <laughs> heavy bass sounding music. You know, it's just kind of a relaxing segment. It is. It is somewhat. Time to take a little load off on until your afternoon we, here. Until we get to the 82-year-old criminal that Chris was talking about. We're yes. going to get to that in just Let's a second. Let's talk about this guy. We're going to get to that in just a All second. Right. But what I, I want to start with is, I don't know if you, you've seen this. I, Chris, I sent it to your guys' text chat last night as soon as this happened. But Kevin Durant I said, was, yeah, I was warming up last night before he was going to make his home debut for the Phoenix Suns. He is doing like a layup in warmups and awkwardly slips on the court and like sprains his ankle. Doesn't he? He's ruled out for the game. Now the Suns, according to AZ Central Sports, are are um, worried he's going to miss the rest of the regular season and possibly the beginning, the start of the playoffs. Possibly, possibly. Now, that sounds like a bit of an overreaction or a little bit of an early uh, diagnosis. I don't think anything official has come down. on No, that. I've been looking for that. Yeah, but, they're doing uh, an MRI today at some point to yeah. figure it out. But I'll tell you one thing: uh, whoever that ghost was that was on the court there at uh, the Phoenix Suns <laughs> Arena. Did a better job defending Durant than any player ever has. That's true. Because, I mean, he was standing there uh, on the left wing out by the three-point line. It's there was, so awkward There was looking. no one around him. No one. And he just made this little hesitation and then kind of a move to the basket to go in for a layup or something. And just completely, as you said, his, his ankle gave way and he fell down. And it, it was really a, kind of a... Kind of a bit of a scary thing for Kevin Durant. I mean, when somebody you forget that he's seven foot. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's very you know, tall. I mean, he plays like he's a guard with the you know his ability to shoot the mid range. But uh, yeah, when a seven foot guy tumbles down, it can be kind of dangerous. And uh, like I said, there was nobody there. It no. was just uh, it was the ghost of Charles Barkley or Danny <laughs> Ainge or Dan Marley. So, Dan Marley, there you go. Somebody back in the old Phoenix Suns days. All right, you're doing well naming your old Phoenix Suns. How about Tom Van Arsdale? No, I yeah, couldn't I name that was Tom going Van back Arsdale. A little bit too far for you, but uh, Kevin Durant did finish warmups, and then they ruled him out. So maybe he didn't. And he looked like he felt okay, but maybe he didn't when he got back into the locker room. I just retweeted the video at Matt Scraby. And you can see the kind of awkward fall that he took. Uh, the collective gasp amongst all those people there must have been pretty audible as that went down. Because Yes, and all the people who paid top dollar 
to see, see his this debut. Is not, yeah, this is not. Uh, you're right. You're right. This is just a freak accident. Yes, just, this wasn't a. Uh, this wasn't a load, a load management, management issue, situation. But um, Kevin Durant is. I believe he's cursed. That guy has some of the weirdest, freakest injuries that I, I can remember of an athlete because he's always. Yeah. Got major injuries happening with him. Well, he he has he's supposed to go and undergo the MRI today. Yeah, no, um, it's not. I haven't seen a result on it. Me so, I, I think you got to be careful if you start reporting that he's out for the rest of the season. But that that sounds a little bit. Although I was report, I was saying what Arizona Central. Sports oh, I know is what saying. you're saying. Okay. Yes, I you're know you're not that reporting that. Oh, the reporters. I'm saying are, they're okay. being a little bit. Uh, they're jumping the gun a little bit. Unless they had somebody there in the doctor's office, yeah, you know, with the MRI, and they're able to make a diagnosis like that. But let's just wait to see how it tum- comes out. Devin Booker didn't seem to miss him last night. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Booker scored 30 points in the first half. Oh, I, I, I and, saw you. <laughs> uh, and Phoenix beat Oklahoma City last night without Kevin Durant in the lineup. Yeah, so. maybe they were like, ah, we can take care of OKC. Devin Durant is on, Devin Booker rather, is on fire right now. He He's is. been unstoppable. All right, the story that Chris has been asking me to talk about for two days now, whether in the Big Five or the back page, an 82-year-old Colorado man was charged yesterday with selling and trading fake Michael Jordan basketball cards in a scheme that prosecutors said resulted him in making more than $800,000 over there. four years. $800,000. $800,000. became a millionaire, practically, by making fake Michael Jordan basketball trading cards. Yeah. And selling them to unsuspecting collectors. Yeah. And they finally catch this guy. My question is, you're 82 years old. Or years young. Relax. What? What? Take no. a little. Lo- take a load off. You know he's doing something. Uh, he's actually accomplishing something in <laughs> his old age. Accomplishing what? He's a criminal for heaven's sakes. I will. I'm not uh, obviously. How many, two, how many eighty-two-year-old people go into a life of crime at that point? It's it's actually very smart, tongue in cheek. I'm saying this all tongue in cheek because people don't expect people the aren't expecting somebody who's eighty-two to, to be swindling you. Yes. Well, he sold. Apparently, this goes all the way back uh, to the beginning of 2015, and then okay. he he had a in 2019. There was a sale of a counterfeit card to a person in New York that went for 4,500 bucks. So I also uh, here here's what the FBI said about him. Mr. McNeil defrauded sports memorabilia collectors of more than eight hundred thousand dollars by intentionally misrepresenting the authenticity of the trading cards he was peddling when, in fact, they were counterfeit. Uh, Mr. McNeil said in court, I did nothing wrong. So he's, I, I, he's fine with what he did. I think well, he just <laughs> thinks he's being an entrepreneur. Yes. <laughs> but the thing but you is, can't, you can't tell somebody that this is an authentic trading card when it's not. No, you're right. That's the problem. And that's why I think that's that when where he the says, swindling comes into I play. did nothing wrong is kind of a false representation because he's actually yes. unless he's going to go with the defense of I really thought these were real cards. I think the judge should sentence him to 10 years or life in prison, whichever comes first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The cards, the cards themselves. Like I've been trying to look into how he made them, but I'm I'm assuming he just printed them. They they look, they look like the originals because obviously I mean, he put them in one of those cases. But those cases are the ones that are fraudulent. I have to say that this is. Um, I watch a lot of Pawn Stars, and sometimes people come in with fake stuff 
that they think is real. Like uh, it was a, a president signed something. I think it was George Washington. They were under the impression that their family had been holding on to this George Washington thing. Okay. Well, someone sold it to them. They didn't do their legwork on it. So they bring it in and they're out like $5,000 because this thing's not real. Yeah. If you're going to pay someone $5,000 for a Michael Jordan card, I'm going to make sure it's real before I go and buy it. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. You got to you have to do your due diligence. Yes. I find these uh, kind of topics kind of fun, Chris. Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, he he told everyone where he would have gone to college if he had indeed played college basketball. And where would that have been? The same place Kobe said he would have went to college, Duke University. To Duke. Yeah, he said definitely Duke. I like Duke because of the players that came out of that program. You usually see a lot of four men that don't fit the mold. I think I'm one of those guys. He said that he would love to play for Coach K. He would have joined a team with Zion. Uh, no, that's actually not it. I was going to say that was crazy. He would have joined Seth Curry, Mason Plumley, and then play for Mike Shostevsky. So, yeah. can you imagine if the Greek Freak was on Duke? Well, they probably would have won another couple of national championships. Although the Greek Freak wasn't as freaky back then. I mean, no. he was a, he was free. He was a freak because he still could do some things. Yeah, but he wasn't a consistent, you know championship type player yet yes that took a while to develop he needed so to you develop, wonder how yeah. you know how good he would have been if he would have played at duke but lebron james would have played at ohio state so there's a lot he of said guy. that yeah he oh. said that many years ago okay yeah i definitely know i i read that somewhere i think when i was doing my research on uh whether or not akron was the rubber capital <laughs> of the world i think i came across that <laughs> other note uh, we are going to get into Fred Van Vliet and what he said about NBA officiating in the Big Five. Uh, yeah. You have you can't miss this 440. He, I think this is the most direct I've ever seen a player go in on a referee in the NBA, and he calls him out by name. So we'll play yes, that audio. He, was, he ripped guys straight up and uh, swear said, words, uh, and, and just basically he took his checkbook out and said, "Whatever the fine is." I'll pay it, but I'm saying what I want to say. You did say that. Yeah. You got to respect him when he comes into it saying, I'm going to be fine and I don't care. Yeah, we'll, we'll hear from that a little later. That's a good one. Here's something that's strange. I know I said earlier in the week that it would be strange for someone to go and sit in their passenger seat in their car just, just if they're resting or listening to the radio. Found out that I was the only one that felt that way in the many questions uh, I've asked other people. But Joe Mazzula is doing something that I think is really weird, Chris. Joe Mazzula is the coach of the yes, Boston thank Celtics. You. Yes, he is. Um, by the way, he's thirty-four. But yeah, no kidding. He was on ninety-eight point five, the Sports Hub, Zolak and Bertrand, and he said to them, "He's been sleeping with his mouth taped shut ever since he came into the league." It's uh, according to him. There's sleep tape out there. Um, he has a sleep mouthpiece, but when he said, quote, when I got to the NBA, kind of learned how long of a season it is physically, mentally, and emotionally, and I think coaches and players have to find ways to take care of themselves. The tape is intended to uh, encourage users to breathe through their noses rather than their mouth. Enc I don't think encourage is the right word. That's what there. it says right here. I would but... say the right word is force you to breathe <laughs> that through would your be the right nose word, rather force. than your mouth. You don't really have a choice if you're taping your mouth shut. You better be able to breathe through your nose. Yeah, I sleep with a, a mouthpiece because I grind my teeth like crazy, and yeah. that took me months to to get used to, like yeah. months. Yeah, I've been told by my dentist uh, for years that I needed a mouthpiece because I grind my teeth, and I'm like, nope, not getting one. W why not? It, it actually did help my teeth a lot. 
Don't care. I don't feel my teeth don't hurt anymore. Do my teeth look like they're ground down to you? Do you want do you want the answer to that question, Mr. Well, what have you taken a close enough look to make a proper determination? Yeah, you kinda of have a piranha teeth. Get out of here. <laughs> he doesn't have piranha teeth. My teeth are gonna make it. Yes. I think they're gonna last. I, I, I'm just I'm okay. betting on that. I'm um, betting on being able to outlive my or my teeth being able to outlive me. <laughs> okay. So that's why I'm well, not getting a mouth guard. Well, the teeth are supposed to outlive human beings. That's you're, right. You're supposed so I'm to not die getting with a, your teeth. So I'm not getting a mouth guard. Uh, Mike Pouncey. Remember him, Chris? Yeah, Dolphins guy. Yeah. Center, I think, for the Dolphins. And also a, there was a Pouncey on the Steelers, too. Yes, Marquise Pouncey. Yeah. But Mike Pouncey told reporters that he and his twin brother Marquise have lost 70 pounds since they left the league. He said they now eat like rabbits, and when they were playing, they ate like pigs. Yeah. I've uh, actually worked with Nick Hardwick, who he lost a ton of weight after he retired. And he was telling me his eating routine in the NFL. He would be waking up at 2 in the morning to go down a whole thing of yogurt. He would be waking up at certain hours to, to eat granola. It's just some of these NFL players, they're not actually genetically built to be 300 pounds, so they have to force themselves to eat. I, I th- You know, when I was little, I thought it would be cool to be an NFL offensive lineman so I could just eat all the time. But a lot of these guys have to struggle to keep up their weight. NFL players uh, physically, in most cases, are freaks of nature. They are. And yes. there's a reason why. Because they do things that are a little freaky. Little freaky. To get the way they are. Yeah. In order to play the sport they love. That is the back page. All right. Very good, Scraby. We appreciate that. When we come back, Daily Gambit is headed your way. We'll uh, touch on some of the uh, winners and losers of the day in the world of sports. And also, coming up in the 3 o'clock hour, Scott Miller talks to Major League Baseball with us, the uh, New York Times baseball expert. So stick around. A lot more Gwyn and Chris to come and Tony Gwynn Jr. still to come. It's time to support your favorite MLB superstars and let your voice be heard with the 2024 MLB All-Star Ballot presented by BuildSubmarines.com. Oh, what a shot. That's right. You get to help choose the starting lineups for the Midsummer Classic and decide who represents your team at the MLB All-Star Game presented by MasterCard this summer in Arlington. He makes the play. So make your picks today at MLB.com slash vote. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.